0: The Homance Chronicles, the female equivalent of a bromance.
1: So many poor choices, but so many good tags, but so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, then this is the Homance Chronicles and I
0: am Sarah and I'm Nicole and we have a Wonderful lady on the show with us today who has had a very interesting life, has to had start over multiple times, been in so many different industries and just to kind of wrap everything under one umbrella. She's an entrepreneur, but she also hosts the label free podcast. So welcome Deanna Kemple. Wee wee.
2: Thank you for having me, ladies. This has been fun already before you even started hit the record button.
0: Oh, good.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. We're here for it all the time. Uh, I love that. Your smiles, your energy. It's good. I'm, I'm digging it.
1: Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. Well, I mean, hey, you're bringing a presence to the table yourself. Look at you. Oh, so beautiful in that oh. pink.
2: <laughs> We're all wearing stunning. You got to let them all know that. You oh, I yeah, know. that's right. <laughs> On a I know, Tuesday. If
0: you're a, yes, if you're also a mean girls fan, it happens to be that, you know, mean girls wear pink on Wednesdays and we all have pink on.
2: Really? And it's Wednesday. And two, 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 two.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. Today is my brother's birthday and February 2nd is also Groundhog's Day. And so my... Dad used to stick my brother outside and to see if he could see his shadow. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, it continues to be a running joke, even though he's 36. It's like, did oh you boy. did you look for your shadow today?
2: That's hilarious. I know. <laughs> I know. And there's always oh like goodness. a
0: snowstorm. There's always um massive snow downfall around his birthday. Um, it's like his birthday and and or Super Bowl with that we just get hit. And so um we're both you know sitting in uh all day snow situation. So I'm glad that we're making this work and it's cozy and the internet's still
1: happening. Hey, hey, easy, <laughs> don't jinx it now. Yeah, <laughs> <That's> really. <true>.
0: <laughs> what <laughs> are you doing? I know that's true. Well, <laughs> the magic rules. I know. <laughs> uh well <laughs> I'll move on quickly then. So <laughs> Deanna, with your podcast, um you call it label. Th- Free. And like I said, you have been in, uh, many different situations where you've kind of like reinvented yourself or what you were going to do with your life. And so can you just tell us what label free means. I mean, is, is it a reflection of your ever changing career choices?
2: No, I think it's a reflection of just a lot of the things that I've gone through a lot of you know, hardships, trauma, you know, having to start over so many times and having to like, can you know deal with people putting labels on me for whatever that may have been at that point in, in time. And, um, you know, I was just tired of, you know, owning those labels from other people. You know, I'm like, I'm just like, I don't care anymore. You know, cause I, I mean, when I, you know, my, I, I became a widow in a very young, I mean, younger age. And I, that label stuck with me for a couple of years, and then that's like after you know, when I started, this was like, when I was like, I'm just done with it. I don't care if that's how you want to label me. That's fine. I, but I'm not going to own it. And I also saw, and I also felt that that there is different labels that, that people put almost on every area of their life, you know, that kind of hold them back, you know, whether they're an executive or professional, they're expected to be in this box and never step outside of this box, you know, and I've found with this podcast, you know, and I'm sure as you ladies have found that I talked to so many people that have just decided to not live within a box and they're living dynamically on their own terms. And to me, that is so inspiring, you know, and I think a lot of people, you know, leave this world with, on um, you know, dreams that they've never pursued or, you know, goals that they never accomplished. And I've, and to live a label free life is someone who is willing to put it all out on the table and just say, screw it. I'm going to go for it.
0: Yeah. That's amazing because I think a lot of people do feel like they need things to be black and white Mm -hmm. or that it's just easier to understand or comprehend. If you're like giving everything, it's specific meaning, or if you're saying, um, I can check this box. Yeah. And so it's a lot more uncomfortable to live in a dynamic
1: space. Yes. And I love so- the gray area. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> it's where I thrive. It's like my chaos and I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Because you need that dynamic lifestyle. You can't, it's not all black and white. It's not not all just good or bad. It's dependent a lot on your lens and what your view is. And so it's really important that you there are people out there like you who are continuing to push this. Cause thank you. It's a hard lifestyle.
2: It is because it,
1: it it's really difficult. It's difficult to just be your own essence in person and allow people to make judgment, pass judgment, and let it roll off your back. But man, what a remarkable skill you have acquired.
2: <laughs> uh, well, I, you know what? Some days I wonder, like, I mean, I personally deal with this. You know, I do have a nine to five, and I'm, or not, well, it's eight to five, whatever. And I'm in the corporate world, I'm in sales, I'm a business development manager for an IT uh, company. And, um, just recently I've had the, the CEO and the VP like are questioning my LinkedIn profile because I have so many people tag me for being on my show and that were inspired by my show or what have you like positive things. And they're telling me that my LinkedIn profile is confusing. And I'm just like, and I'm, I, and it's like it, the last couple of days it's been like, you know, I'm, I'm just a little bugged by it. Like that's my profile. There's nothing bad. That is being put out there. And I have promoted this company and I, it is very clear that I work for your company, but I should, shouldn't be feeling like insecure about me doing other things outside of here. Like what I do after hours is my own business. And if I choose to work on something I'm passionate about and have a hobby, if you will, then that's my business. You know, you, you can't, I don't, you're not renting my LinkedIn space. You know what
1: I mean? <laughs> yeah. And this kind of, that's so, kind of similar to what they used to do before LinkedIn became a thing. It was like looking at people's social media profiles and be like, oh, we're firing you because you were drinking heavily on Saturday nights. Like what the yeah. fuck business is that of yours to tell yeah. me what I'm supposed to do in my off time, but good for you. And unless you signed a contract with them stating that your LinkedIn profile would be whatever up to whatever code they have, they can suck it. Yeah. Sorry. Well, That's I'm just so curious silly.
0: who has time to police Care? your LinkedIn,
1: <laughs> right? Like, don't you just, have a job to do what, yeah. and what are you doing in your off time? Studying my LinkedIn profile right. jealous yeah. much. Do you yeah. want to be on my show? Do you want to talk about your woes?
2: Come on. I, I think like that maybe it, that is it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there's a, probably a little bit of that, you know, and then plus it's a very different culture, you know, I'm, you're dealing with people that are not from this country. So it's uh it's a little bizarre, but yeah. So I too have yeah. to struggle with, you know, making sure that I don't fall into this, that, that being labeled and just not allowing people to put that on me. That is, that can be a struggle. Like this was a little bit of a struggle for me this week. It made me kind of put me in a funk and I'm just like, you know, like, no, I got to get this bat like this off of me. Yeah. Like (laughs) what is it? Any business of theirs? Like, I'm
1: sorry, but your LinkedIn profile is like your resume. It is not their file to control. And that's, that's basically it. be like, it's my portfolio. What's your problem? You know, just... I feel your pain, but let it all roll off, man. Yeah, let it all right. roll off.
0: <laughs> well, and you think that they'd want employees who are fulfilled and happy and yeah. doing things that can expand their skill set and
1: creativity? I mean, and attract people to a company that, like, you know, if you're a good employee and you're obviously doing your job well because you're probably really good at it. If you're able to do all the side work, right? <laughs> you're still employed there, like. What you want know, people like you there?
2: Week, who knows?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry, lady friend. We got your back. <laughs> yeah, We'll yeah. it up. Um,
2: thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: So you had mentioned though that mm-hmm. you became a widow at a younger age, and so yeah. I, you know, I'm sorry for your loss and having to go through that experience. Um, I have a friend who became a widow at a very very young age and she actually had was pregnant with her third child while he when he passed away in a very tragic accident and she has since remarried um but still is able to honor him in a in a very respectful way and her husband's extremely understanding and she keeps a connection with his family and she almost decided to own being a widow but in a different way like you're you know you're saying like you're not sure if you really wanted that label where she was like because she was young and it was a different experience like she created a blog and wanted to help other people and kind of went into like grief and so it's interesting when you talk about owning labels and which direction you decide to go in what was it about that label that was You know, pushing your buttons.
2: Well, you know, I still wanted—I still want a family, and actually, I I had a call today with the fertility doctor because I too am getting remarried. And um, congratulations! congratulations. Yeah, very very excited. um, It's very exciting. Um, I guess that—that I feel like when someone labels you labels you with that, it's very limiting to your life. Like, okay, your life's over. You're no longer going to be able to experience anything else, else after this, and it's just like. No, I'm lucky. And I'm in some regard, I'm lucky enough that, that he did pass away when I was younger so that I could start over and have the opportunity to still start a family of my own. I'm 45 now, so I'm a little bit older, but it's not abnormal for women these days to do that. We do need help to, to, to make that happen. But you know that, so I was, when he passed, he was, I was 38, 39. And luckily I had done, you know, I started the IVF process, but it was just on him passing. It was just like, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm too young. Like I still have my whole life ahead of me Mm -hmm. and I don't want, you know, just the limiting beliefs that people have that when you lose your spouse, it's like, you almost feel guilty if you want to even date again. Or All right, just, yeah. you know, like want to get married again. It's just like, you know, when trying to date and then telling people you're telling men these days that, oh yeah, I'm a widow. Like that scares some of them off. And it was just mm-hmm. like, what the, what the fuck? Like I didn't kill him, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, so you say, that, I'm not know. the black widow, you know? Like, come on, man. <laughs> I didn't kill
1: him. <laughs>
2: mm. No, my,
1: actually, um, my mom is a widow. She, my father passed away, uh, I think four years ago now. And, you know, I had to, like, I had to sit down with her one day and be like, if you want to date, you're, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, I felt the need to let her know that. Yeah. Because, you know, he, they had been together since their twenties and oh, wow. they were deeply, madly in love. And, but they're every issue, you know, every couple has their issue. And, you know, like they had gone through so much of their life together
2: yeah. that
1: I wanted my mom to know, like, Hey, from your, as a, as a child, I fully expect that if you wanted to go date, you're more than welcome to do so from my end because, sure. you know, but like, is that my right to give her my permission? Does she need permission? I don't know. But I just wanted to know, like, it's okay if you want to be loved
2: by somebody. I get it. Yeah.
1: Because I think that's a scary thing for people still.
2: Sure. No, I mean, I don't, can I ask how old how your mom?
1: Yeah. My mom's uh 60. Oh, shoot. Seven.
2: <laughs> so in her 60s and she was with him see I think that I've had I've been a little bit older you know at like and I lost him it would be a different story I think it would be very hard especially to adjust to like the the new dating world you know with all these sure. apps and stuff like I I didn't even have a Facebook page until 2012 I think so like I was not really in this whole like new world that we live in and when I started dating after after that it was just it was very difficult I took a lot of time off because I would start and then I, I would just get disgusted and then I would just stop and I just focus on myself. <laughs> no, for real, because it no, was I just get it. like
0: it's an everyday struggle. It there's no bounds, no <laughs> limits to the things that men say that and is you, <laughs> it, <send laughs> yes, you and do that I I am consistently blown away. And I mean I've been I've been single uh now for about five years but even before that I had years on and off of relationships and stuff because I haven't been married before and so I've been part of the online dating app culture for I don't know 10 years or something oh my gosh you poor thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) it ruins you a little bit yeah and I mean that's why I said still after like a decade of like on off whatever I'm just like wow Wow, I the audacity of these men.
1: Yeah, and they're you, out. And when you're buying it at this point,
0: I mean, but when you're saying that there's men who were uh, scared or I don't know some sort of like negative emotion about you being a widow, it's like well then clearly they're just not the right kind of partner for you that because well, that's that ridiculous.
2: Yeah. That, or taking advantage of that position, but being a little bit more off the wall, that makes sense in terms of how they would approach me. Like emotionally
1: manipulative?
2: A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they wanted to like
0: take advantage of the fact that you were more vulnerable.
2: Yes. Yeah. Gross. I even had, so we had businesses together and my late husband, we lived a very large lifestyle and um, we, I even had old customers that approached me that we worked with. And it was just like, it was very bizarre, <laughs> very bizarre. I was like, it, sh- it showed me a completely different side of the world being in that situation. And it gave me a new respect for people that might have, you know, lost someone. And cause I, you know, you don't know unless you go through no, it and nobody talks, and nobody really talks about it either.
1: Right. That's um, why, is it like, is it because talking about grief is frowned upon or is it because it's a private matter? Like I still don't understand why it's so difficult to have those discussions.
2: I'm not a very private person, obviously. So I don't right. know. I don't know how to answer that. You know, for me, I'm just like, I, and I, it's, you know, I think working on yourself to be open and being vulnerable is a, is a gift. I think it's a strength. Mm-hmm you know? And so to, to, I've worked on myself and allowed myself to get to that place of vulnerability to be open. Right. And, and cause being open and, and sharing your story, what you guys are doing today is you're, you know, essentially going to help someone else that might be listening.
1: Hopefully. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I can... <laughs> well,
0: when I, um, I recently had a job that was in the death care industry. And so when I, yeah, that's the response that you get when you say it. And so to answer your question, Sarah,
2: (laughs) Is that
0: people are extremely uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs)
1: There
2: you go. That's the answer to the question.
1: (laughs) And I think, I think probably because it's like a vicious cycle, right? We don't allow us ourselves to talk about it in society. So we just don't do it. And then
2: we're uncomfortable about it. And then we don't talk about it and it just gets worse and worse. Oof, what a- I think talking about death makes awful. people fa- face their own mortality and that's what makes them uncomfortable because it's like in that moment, everything that you haven't accomplished, everything that you want to accomplish flashes towards, through your like flashes through your mind in a second. And it's just like, holy oh, shit, death? Well, you know, and I think that's what makes them uncomfortable.
1: I think death is like the ultimate gray area, <laughs> if we're being honest. <laughs> it's actually
0: not bit. though because, <laughs> I mean, it's very black and white. Well, that-
1: Alive we, is or it, dead. Yeah, yeah yeah
0: you're alive <laughs> I mean, or you're dead <laughs>
1: oh like what happens afterwards that's you know the oh. ultimate gray area you know your body dies but what happens with the rest of it all does it just go with it we don't know we have no idea you know it's just that unknown that gray yeah. area that I think is just freaky to people too
0: yeah Deanna do you think that you get any kind of like messages or signs from your late husband that- yes
2: yeah and even my 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 fam my mom she thinks that he's visited her a couple times you know just oh. things just weird things like i'd be thinking about him and like he loved uh acdc and then all of a sudden acdc comes on the radio and i don't listen to that that's not my kind of music i'm edm like doo 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 doo. So, (laughs) not happening, guys. It's not going to be a thing ever in this car. (laughs) So, it's just like little things like that, or little things that happen, you know, um, that I I think that he's visited. I mean, it took me a couple of years to forgive him, you know, because he was sick for a very long time. You know, I, I was administering dialysis at home. He needed his third kidney transplant. He was a big steroid addict. And so, he was still injecting, you know, towards the end. Um, wow, so dang, me, yeah. And so for me, I mean, he essentially killed himself because of that. That's yeah. how I, that's how I look at it. Yeah, And then, you know, he had five or not five, he had four daughters from a previous marriage and you know, his family, they weren't very close to him, you know, and they don't, they don't realize that what some of the stuff that's ha- happening behind the scenes and kind of like the the nightmare story that you hear people going through a death, you know, when there's different assets involved, that's what I went through. It was not easy. Um, and you know, that I don't think a lot of people realize that he was doing other things to perpetuate his sickness. You know, and I saw that he wasn't, he was giving up, you know. And so for me as a spouse, and that's why we would we would fight, like, you know, you're being selfish right now. You're being selfish. Why do you keep injecting yourself with that? Don't you have daughters? You know, you have me. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? You are leave me here by myself, you know? And it didn't didn't matter. He was he had given up, right. he passed the point of no return. And it's, it's a- an addiction. Yeah. It's just, it's just like heroin.
1: It's just like anything else. If you're addicted to it, you're going to continue to do it. Even if it's killing you.
2: Yeah. Because you can't
1: face whatever emotional trauma you've got going on up here. So you got to drown it out. And that's sickening. So sorry. You had to go through that. Amen. It's hard to watch people you love kill themselves like that. Truly.
2: Yeah. So I I was mad at him for a while. And when I finally forgave him, I feel like that there is peace that came and I had more Good visits, if that makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. where sure. I was open to him visiting and just, you know, and stuff like that. So
1: probably yeah. trying to say sorry.
2: Perhaps I mean whatever. I mean I don't. I had. A, I spent so at the time, you know, when he passed, it was almost half my life. It was seventeen years. Oh so yeah. Okay. I, I've been with him so, and he was a little bit older, but for me, like that's, that was almost half of my life. I was with one, this one man and mm-hmm. um, it was, that was a very hard. It was a hard, like it's a hard thing to go through.
0: Well, and not only was he your um, romantic partner, but your business partner. Yeah, Right. Mm-hmm. And how, so you mentioned, you know, like, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you mentioned like customers, even like you know, being weird around you and stuff like that. But, um, how did you though, keep a business running while he's doing this to
2: himself? The the family took it over. I was forced out. They tried to, um, they tried to make me leave with nothing, you know, not even the clothes my own, my own belongings. It was a battle. It was a battle. I had to have three attorneys step in to help me with like the business the the death like the trust you know the beneficiary yeah. issues and um like where I lived in my residence so <clears throat> it was it was not a, a fun situation you were fighting I, I for
0: your life my I goodness.
2: was I was yeah it was it was ugly for me for a couple of years ugly in the sense where just emotionally just distraught trying to I almost lost everything to putting trying to put my life back together I got extremely resourceful I worked probably like five or six jobs, just like worked my main job. I did Uber. I freaking I started personal training again. I started offering diet plans again. I, you know, and then I'm doing like my side thing where I was trying to become a fashion designer and started my skincare line. So I was like, doo, 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 you know, just to get myself on solid footing, and it was it I it was pretty rough for a while. So that
1: was your first reset. Yeah. Then. So then you made it out you started your life over, you found your footing and what did you end up kicking off to reset for your first time?
2: I'd always dreamed of becoming (laughs) a fashion designer. And so I, you know, I did get a settlement eventually from, from the, the estate and I ended up just investing that money into, into that experience. And it was great. I was successful in, in a lot of ways, but I think I was too, I was, that was the time where I was just so busy. I just kept pushing myself to go, 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 and not dealing with the grief that in the whole life change, you know? And I just went so fast forward into it. I think that had, if I hindsight, I would have went a little bit slower, a mm-hmm. little bit more methodical, um, <laughs>
1: Instead of give yourself just, some me time.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Feel the feels, <laughs> boo. Feel the feels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I designed three collections. I was on the runway in Rhode Island at Style Week. I was a, a, a finalist for the Cadillac Design Challenge here, Style Chicago. I did. I mean, I created some very some beautiful clothing. I, I understood the process is very intense. So anybody that designs clothes, it's not an easy task. It's there's a lot that goes into it. Um, And then I ended my last collection, I did a big event against human trafficking here in the Chicagoland area over 300 people attended I had sponsored alcohol sponsors I had just, it was such a, a first class event that you know that's how I ended my my fashion career so. That was another reset. And then I was like, shit, what am I going to do now? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but you know, I'm very type A and I always like have to have something else going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's when I got, I got an article for. Starting a podcast for under hundred dollars, and I was like, "Fuck it, let's do it!" <laughs> <laughs> and it's been a blast. So I haven't been doing as long as you guys have, but you know, I've been able to. I feel like this space is exploding. I think that it is a very important part of our society now, and where it's headed, and just to share good stories and to connect people, and it's just another resource to have out there in the world to just to connect other people together, you know?
1: I feel like it's a, in a sense, controlled gossip. Cause you know, we don't, I don't really go out and gossip about people. I never have, but the older generation, it's all they fucking do is sit there and talk about other fucking people and what the, get out of their basement. Larry, who cares? So (laughs) I feel like it's at this point, it's like, gives us all something to talk about.
2: Sure. Well, sure. I'm here for it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I think you're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Well,
0: yeah, I mean, podcasts are also uh, very specific so that you can curate exactly what you want to get out of what you're listening to. And that's really, I think, um, why they might have taken a little bit longer to take off because um, podcasts started quite a while ago. Like I was still working in radio. So that's like mm, 15 years ago or something (laughs) Um, you just made sound like Gia (laughs) Mm. um and so but at the the time you didn't have social media you didn't have ways for people to like learn about it or to even share Share it that much Mm I I mean there's a lot of people still who don't know like what a podcast is or how to find them so it's pretty crazy that they've been around for this long and people are like what do I do um (laughs) But it offers such a great opportunity for people to uh, learn and express themselves. And so, you know, like you said, starting it for $100, like it is easy and cheap and it's fun and um, it's, to me, it never feels like time wasted.
1: Yeah. That's the nice thing. I that agree. And 100% because, you know, Nicole and I have gone from that whole life living on them streets then being forced into quarantine and trying, you know, we have to face our demons and evaluate why we're doing the things we're doing. And now we're here. Yeah. And we're so fortunate that through that whole, you know, process of we're stuck in the house, everybody's getting sick. We had all of these wonderful people who have overcome so many tragedies in their lives. And we're like, man, this is wow. It was like, every week, it was a little bit of hope, you know,
2: that we're going to make it
1: through. And so it's just so fulfilling, even if it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. So fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Totally agree.
0: So on your podcast for label free, you then interview people, um, or they tell their stories. Um, do you have, is it like specific genre or is it just open?
2: It's fairly open, but it's mainly like entrepreneurs, artists, people that are, you know, that maybe people have overcome some kind of tragedy. But, you know, everybody has a story. We all have an audience, you know, and I I like to offer some value. So whoever is on on my show, you know, I want them to tell their story, what they do, you know, how they're impacting the world in a positive way and just offer a little piece of wisdom or advice to anyone so that they can walk away with something that's tangible. You know, and that seems to have been working, you know, and even even I've talked to some executives, but they're also executives that are like an author doing public speaking. Those are typical executives. Those are people that are, you know, yes, they're thriving in that, you know, that corporate world, but they're also just because they're in the corporate world and they're an executive doesn't mean that they are fully hundred percent confident to step out and put themselves out in front of the world by writing a book, being a public speaker, because what we're doing here, you're, you, you know, you're, you're putting yourself out there, you you know, Mm. and hope people will like it and they'll accept it. So I do talk to people like that. And um, you know, it's just really people that are chasing those dreams or those goals that aren't letting that anything get in their way, or they've had to overcome things to, to get to those goals
0: mm-hmm. since starting the podcast and you were looking for something new to do have any of your guests inspired you to start something else a different business or some other do you see another
2: reset process? in the future right <laughs> Perhaps. I don't know. um they have inspired me, you know, even if I'm like having a bad day, you know, like I told you this week has been a little rough with my job, you know? Yeah. Um, if I could do, I'm sure like you ladies, if I could do the podcasting full time and that'd be my main source of income, it wouldn't be so stressful, but I do have to, I I have bills and I do have to maintain a steady job. And it's just, when I talk to my guests, it reinforces why I do it. You know, it gives me that new sense of uh, motivation and inspiration. And it just is a reminder that of why I'm so passionate about it. even if I am having a bad day, when I have to show up for myself, for my podcast and talk to my guests, it's just, well, you know, it just makes that all go away and just keep, you know, just keep moving on. You know, that's what to overcome. You know, you can't let the bad days, like, you know, bring you down. You just got to keep, keep it moving.
1: Right. And your job is only one lens that you use to see your day. So yeah, just have a different lens applied afterwards. Well, what's Gabrielle doing today, Nicole? (laughs) What's her name? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, we were on a, <laughs> or no, we weren't on. We had a, a different guest on, I think last week it was. And we were talking about um, like kind of different versions of ourselves. Oh, yeah. And I named one version of myself, Gabrielle. Because that sounded very like bougie yeah. and high and to and me, and feminine. <laughs> and, yeah, we were just, we were talking about masculine and feminine, and I was like, "So my feminine side is Gabrielle." And so, <laughs> you know, now yeah, now I have to get in touch with Gabrielle
1: more often. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's that that's that reminder that like you know, when you leave your job, it's just your job, and you have, you're different. You're not that person. You are not that person. Cause yeah. I, you know, I have to put on my customer service voice sometimes and I don't like doing it, but I have to, cause for the yeah. sake of the things I'm doing, it's just easier that way. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but for I sure. don't care about easy in my personal life. <laughs> 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 okay. Good so, time. um, one more question for you because it's in your profile. I'm in, uh, very curious and it's kind of in line with what we're talking about in terms of like overcoming tragedy you yeah. are a human trafficking survivor. Yes. And you mentioned that you hosted your show um, to benefit. Could you tell us that little story if you wouldn't mind?
2: So, you know, my, my family life as a young growing up was my father father's abusive. He was a deadbeat dad. I'm the oldest of five. And so he never really paid child support. And because of that, you know, I became a statistic, got involved with the wrong boyfriend and, got into fell into that, you know, that that human trafficking world and did a lot of drugs. And luckily, um, you know, I believe in God. I'm a God fearing woman. Luckily, you know, God was watching over me and nothing worse happened. And I was able to get out of that. And that's when I met my late husband. But it was um, you know, the stories that you hear. It's pretty much, you know, like what I went through and saw a lot, experienced a lot. Luckily I never turned into a drug addict. You know, I did a lot of drugs, but never became an addict, which is, you know, I'm thankful Different. Yeah, I was thankful for that. Um, and I just have now in this part of my life, it, it, I never talked about it. I never talked about it. Like my family knew a little bit, you know, then we never talked about it either. And so mm-hmm. at this point in my life, I was just like, you know what? I don't want to have any more skeletons in my closet. I just want, you know, there, that does not define me who I am. You know, that was a part of my life and it was unfortunate. I, I you know, as was the product of a very abusive environment with my father and, you know, that's, it, it's a stereotype, right? And I got, I actually had the, the worst group of friends too, like all the wannabe gang bangers and they were stealing from me and just breaking into my house. It was crazy. It was crazy. But luckily that the stuff like that doesn't last forever. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I got, it got my, I met my late husband and he kind of was almost my savior in, in a sense where he like kind of pulled me out of all of that and just like brought me into this whole new lifestyle. It was like, I went from like the bottom to like the way top <laughs> and, you know, now that after he passed and I've gone through a lot of my own growth and my own journey, I just felt that it was time to start understanding a little bit now, like understand first of all, like, how did I fall into that? You know, like trying to dissect that, like, how did I fall into that? And how, well, how is it going to feel for me to start telling my truth and not tell you what the day that I record, I'd record an episode with a, a local, um, human trafficking place that they, uh, they are, uh, offer shelter for for women that are in that. And I told my story little you know just opened up it was like the weight of the world came off and it was just like you know I don't have anything to be ashamed of you know that was I was like I was 17 so a long time ago very long Mm -hmm. time ago and um you know I every year I do like a food drive for for the for um the charity. So I'm, I'm, I'm constantly do, like involved in spreading awareness. I think it's very important because human trafficking comes in many different forms. It's the, the child that's getting sexually abused at home by family members, whether it's the uncle, the dad, stepdad, what, what have you, that's, that's a form of human trafficking, which then turns into another form of on the street drugs, getting involved in a bad relationship where they, you know, then they start that they're using them to sell them, get the money. You know what I mean? Just that whole mm-hmm. domino effect. You know, or the the young girl is getting poached online, you know, the teenagers that are being approached on Snapchat or Instagram. You know, there's just, there's so many different um descriptions of descriptions of human trafficking, human trafficking, blah, 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 that it's important to talk about and spread awareness because, you know, it, it's just, it's out there, it's very prevalent.
1: Yeah and it's like right under our noses at all times. Yes. Yes. So do you have any examples of um things that may not be uh recognizable by like you know somebody who maybe not, isn't looking I don't know what I'm trying to say but like something where signs of know,
2: somebody being like a young
1: girl being Yeah, trafficked. like
2: signs where like
1: young women are absolutely being trafficked in some way shape or form and like um, how to perfect
2: they all of a sudden have like nice rural designer things out of the, out of the, the blue, you know, mm-hmm. how do they purchase that? where do they get it from? You know, if they're like a younger girl and they, you know, she doesn't come from a lot of money, that would be a sign or start uh, somebody who's all of a sudden out of, the, out of the middle of nowhere, started doing drugs because they, they do, they will drug you up. They will drug you up to keep you on that train and um, you know, <clears throat> things of that nature or, wearing very excessively provocative clothes all all of a sudden. So, you know, they were fairly covered up. Now all of a sudden they're being very provocative, you know, and that's not Mm -hmm. typically within their character. So those would be some things I would say to look out for.
1: Good. Thank you. Did your
0: family ever, I don't know, things that you were like missing? Like, did you disappear? No, No, I didn't Okay.
2: No, I didn't disappear.
0: So does that mean though, that they kind of knew what might've been happening and think, weren't doing yeah. anything?
2: But yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. at that time I was so out of control. Just, I moved out of the house at 17 and uh, that I, cause it was just, it was pretty chaotic, you know, being yeah. that young and my father leaving and just, it was just- Well, like, five
0: kids, even in a perfect scenario is chaos. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Two kids is chaos. I don't Yeah, Too much. So I became very rebellious and just, uh, it was, I was on a destructive path and, you know, luckily God was watching over me and nothing terrible happened and I was able to survive that. So,
1: so what, what was that trigger point that you were like, okay, I'm actually going to try and actively get out of this. I can't do this anymore.
2: I was just wanting to see a better version of myself. And I, and I wanted, you know, I wanted my family to be proud of me. I wanted to start living a more normal life and I knew I was worth more and just, and I, I slowly for years kept like removing myself out of situations and away from people that were bad for me. Luckily I was smart enough to buy a house. You know, I bought my townhouse at 23, so I wasn't that stupid. And so a lot of that money that I was getting from the human trafficking, I was, you know, I was able to save it and, and buy my house. And so that ultimately kind of is what took me completely out of that equation and got me away from it. See,
1: like I want, I, f- I feel it's really important because a lot of people, I think that when you say human trafficking, you think that they're abducted and forced into this situation, but what you're describing is not that. And I think people need to be made aware of that. More, it's more coerced,
2: coercion, yeah. no coercion. Um, so yeah. A the, lot no, of manipulation. There, there is that though too. There mm-hmm. is that though too. But yeah, the the coercion and the pressure to, to do something and to just to get into that kind of lifestyle. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, I feel like that, and that's way more common than people realize is that you're being emotionally manipulated, mentally manipulated, whatever forced into this because of a lifestyle that you want. And they're just, it's, it's awful. And people don't realize that it's not I mean, you, all you, the time. What people want. Of
2: the, the amount of women that were married and their husbands would drive them around and, you know, yeah, it was just very, it, there's a lot of crazy dynamics around, around that whole, that whole experience. I'm glad I'm far away from it, but I do know how important it is to talk about it now and to, yeah. just, um, spread knowledge and to let women know that there are other, other resources out there to help them. There are people out there to help them, that there are other options, that this is not your only option. And, you know, if you're looking for help, someone is definitely willing to help you. So reach out to me. I will, I will help. (laughs) I have resources to, 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 to give to you that you can, you know, find somewhere safe to live and all that good stuff. I love that.
0: Is there a process though, where you have to admit that this is what's happening. I I mean, I guess you came from an abusive situation. So maybe you would already, um, come to terms with that. This is your, this is what was happening or this was your life. But I think that there's also a lot of times where people are saying, but I'm, I, this isn't abusive, like, or, you know, if they're not getting like hit, they don't count it as, and so people also have to go through this, stage where they're not in denial yeah. anymore too, right? Yeah. Admit to
2: themselves. There's some of that. And I think, you know, I mean, I was so young. So as you start maturing you get a little bit yeah. older and if you're not so messed up, you know, some people allow themselves to get just into that bad cycle. I was constantly looking for ways to become better. I was reading books. I got myself involved in martial arts to get more disciplined so I could start getting away from the drugs and I started working out more. Like I was, I was constantly making an effort consciously too, making an effort to pull Mm -hmm. myself away from that, that situation and that lifestyle. So, and I mean, you know, you pull yourself away, then you get sucked back in and you pull yourself away. You know, it was a little, it was very cyclical for a while.
1: I mean, but that's like you naturally ebbed and flowed out of that lifestyle, which is healthier than being ripped from it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I believe, Nicole, it is that time.
0: That was a, that was a very abrupt transition into at girl time. Thank you no. so much though, Deanna, no, no. for being
1: so open about all of that. The okay. <laughs> reason I said that is because that's like her ultimate at girl.
2: Yeah. Oh, oh. Okay. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable to talk about, you know, but right. it, yeah, it's just, it doesn't define me who I am. I think that because of those experiences is what has made me who I am today. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it, no. and it like goes into your label, less label free lifestyle of you've experienced these things, but that it's not who you are. It's just an right. element of your experience. And I think it's like, what a great little package thing to do is like, you have all, you've done all these things. You are all of these people and, but you're still just this one person who's done
2: it all. Yeah. It's remarkable. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And thank you for being so kind and sharing so deeply.
2: <laughs> you're welcome. you you guys made it so
1: easy (laughs) good
2: well
0: thank you (laughs) yes I always will take a compliment Um, so yes we're at at Adda Girls now which is basically patting ourselves on the back for something good that we did or something good that happened to us just like to end on a positive note Um, my Adda Girl I guess this is kind of funny I was set out to organize my basement and get rid of clutter and you know kind of only keep things that are necessary cuz I don't know things got out of control and I went down there with the intention of doing that I got completely sidetracked I know this add <laughs> girl does not sound like it's in a positive way but it is um so I got completely sidetracked because I realized that I had just kind of like all these little things around the house that I could put together to create like a meditation space. And so I like grabbed some extra carpet and like this mattress topper and old sheets and everything. And so I, I have this whole little meditation space in my basement right. now um, that's like a dedicated area in hopes of me actually doing
1: it. It's <laughs> was like, all right, have we used it yet? We have
0: not. We have not used okay. it. It's
2: the thought but that I have. done.
0: Check. I'm proud of myself. I mean, it like could end up like the elliptical where it just collects dust. It but I, I'm at a point in my life where I have an opportunity to start a new routine. And it seems like it would be a really good way to add some more structure, but also it's very good, like self-care and yeah. just kind of starting out a day with that. So maybe if I do the meditation, I'll also use the elliptical. You never know. Things can get crazy.
2: I <laughs> love it. That a girl, you go, go get it, girl. Thank yeah, you. you. Get
0: it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it's kind of a half an
1: girl because I haven't used the space, but
2: I oh, got
0: a- it
1: set up. It's a full-on attic girl. That's hundred percent an attic girl. You way to go. Um, m- mine isn't so fulfilling um, or miraculous today. Um, did the laundry, got all that squared away, and uh, I was able to get my winter jacket in there as well, which is huge. You know what I'm saying? That's a big deal. <laughs> oh my god! So now I, a, oh, now I have a clean winter jacket to go through the snowstorm and I'm pretty stoked about it
0: (laughs) I thought you just washed your jacket not that long ago
1: I okay my boyfriend's house is open space and the kitchen and the living room and like the entryway to the house is all the same and I cook a lot (laughs) and so I have like my coat smells like food all the time and like restaurant kind of to a point it just grosses me out so I feel like I need to wash it all the time and really I should just put it in a closet so it doesn't smell yeah. I was
0: just making sure I was like, do I need to call you out for using this atta girl before? Because I nope. swear you just did this.
1: <laughs> no, I don't oh, use my atta
0: girls. How dare you?
1: <laughs> I actively try to achieve I good know. things in
0: my life. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh my goodness. Okay, oh, my Deanna, goodness. do you have um an atta girl that you would like to share? Sure.
2: Give you plenty yeah. of time. <laughs> I guess I'm just going to use the, the example of my work and like, that was real. I struggle with that. And so to pull myself out of that and remain positive and that Andrew was Gabrielle. Yes. Find my inner <laughs> Gabrielle and just kind of not let that affect me. Cause I was just like, that was really bumming me out, man. I was like, what is like, and it has not been a great environment to work in. I'm just going to tell you right now. I've, and I've just been like really trying hard to do good at this job. So it's just like, I do something and I think I'm doing a good job. And then they they like, just tear me down. Then, you know, I do, you know, and I just keep trying because it's a very different culture, very different culture. And so I'm just like, to, I think like I'll pat myself on the back for pulling myself out. of not letting them like really get me down. So yeah, that's my attitude. Yeah. Good for you. That is hard.
1: It's hard to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that is uh, a good (laughs) attitude. Work drives me absolutely bonkers. Regularly, Nicole heard it already today, but I'm recording and it's okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
0: Uh, So, where can everybody find you and your podcast?
2: Uh, Well, like you guys, I'm streaming everywhere. So, Apple, I'm on Instagram, Label Free Podcast, Facebook, Label Free Podcast, or just myself, Deanna Kempel, K U E M P E L. I'm on LinkedIn as well. <laughs> that's, for, that's for business selling No, I'm kidding. Everybody <laughs> I, go request now. <laughs> yeah, I, and on YouTube, I have a YouTube channel, Label Free Podcast. So you can see me in person there as well. Love it. Love that's it.
0: That's awesome. Everyone can find us on Instagram at home underscore chronicles. Uh, you can join our clothes group for extra naughty bits, the Homance Chronicles, a judgment free zone on Facebook. If you liked what you heard today, please rate review, subscribe. And if uh, you're interested in sharing your story, you can email us at uh homance podcast
1: at gmail.com. Homance out.